It's What's the Point from 538. My name is Jody Avergan, and it's true. I'm no longer hosting the show, but it's also true that here I am in your podcast feed again, very briefly, to wrap up one of my favorite things that we did here at 538 and on What's the Point in 2016. Back in March, I spoke with Georgia Lupi and Stephanie Posovich about their project, Dear Data, where for an entire year, they mailed postcards to each other each week with a data visualization hand-drawn on the postcard showing data that they'd gathered about an element in their lives that week. The clothes they wore, animals they saw, the times they laughed, etc., etc., etc. We then asked you, you may remember if you were listening to the show, we asked you, 538 listeners, to take part by tracking your podcast listening for a week and then visualizing it and mailing it on a postcard to us here at the office. We got tons and tons of responses, really beautiful, really moving, and we finally put them all on the web for all to see. So we're going to run that original conversation about Dear Data this week here in the feed. But before that, for a few minutes, joining me briefly to talk about the project and what we learned is 538's art director, Kate LaRue, who has the best artistic mind in the building, in my opinion, friend of the podcast and lover of these postcards. Hi, Kate. Hi, Jody. Um, so I mentioned we just put all these on the site. You designed a beautiful page to showcase them all. So we are encouraging people to go check them out because they are really beautiful. But do you know, by the way, how many in total we received? Oh, man. Um, I think it's it's over 100. It is a lot. And it was you know very moving and overwhelming. So we're, we're not going to go postcard by postcard, obviously. But uh, some of the big themes that we've been thinking about as we, we've been looking at these and they've come in from all over the world, it feels to me, Kate, like – when we ask people to log their podcast listening over the course of a week, they they kind of fell into two camps. So some people really took it as let me log and let me categorize, you know, the amount of podcasts that I listen to and when I listen to as, you know, that data metric. And then some people really went in the more experiential route. You know, what is it like when I listen to a podcast? What are the things I feel? What are the things I'm doing? How does it kind of work its way in, into my life? And it was just really fascinating as the original Dear Data project showed that when you are presented with a topic, there's just a million ways to, to get into that. Exactly. And, you know, as you said, a lot of people took the log approach. So we saw people's listening habits from Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday, which was kind of cool. Um, others sort of categorized it based on genres. Uh, that was a really popular approach. A lot of people talked about ads, the ads they heard, which I would have never thought to do. But I, I was like They're sort working. of – people yeah. <laughs> or skipping through them maybe. I'm like, are you listening, uh, advertisers? Yeah. Um, and then other people uh, sort of my – I have to say my personal favorite approach was uh, attaching it to emotions. So specific mm -hmm. feelings they had while they were listening – um, to certain podcasts. And of course, uh, it was nice to see uh, some of our podcasts resonating with people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, it's nice that some of you, I guess if you took part in this project, you listened to our podcast, but it was nice to see some of our own shows represented in the, in the podcast that people listen to. But then you mentioned all those different approaches. And then of course, the next step was having to actually visualize it and draw it. And people just, I mean, I'm blown away. I'm really blown away. So some of them are incredibly dense and full of color and, and, and different shapes and sizes. Some of these, you know, I feel like I want to make into a quilt. And then others are much more sparse, reserved and emotional in, in a sort of way where you look at it. and it, But all of them on the front end, and this was the original Dear Data experience, which you'll hear about in the conversation that we're about to run. You look at the front of these postcards and a lot of them present a bit of a mystery. Yeah. And then when you turn it over, you get the guide and you realize the story that it's telling. But that exact uh, dynamic was at play in so many 
many of these. Yeah, and certainly a lot of people, I think, were inspired by Georgia and Stephanie's um, aesthetic. Um, so some of them are more on the Georgia side of things, you know, really, really uh, detailed and mm-hmm. tons of data points and so um, um, a real architecture to them. And the others took the more what I would call Stephanie approach was probably a little more abstract, a little more loose, a little more playful. Uh, and so, you know, for instance, one that stands out in my brain is like one that was like this giant tree uh, with branches, which I thought was neat. Um, and I, you know, of course, flipping it to the back, you saw that it was each branch represented each day of the week. Mm-hmm. So there was sort of this rational, but also with this like seemingly um, abstract visual, while others took a lot of inspiration from sort of the the artifacts of listening. So uh, chords. So for instance, like oh, people, right, yeah. like the tangled chords of your um, earbuds. Or... Which is no longer a thing, I guess. We're all going to be wearing Bluetooth headphones. But when we did this project, corded headphones was still a thing. God, I can't. <laughs> it, it can't it, technology is just at the <laughs> exactly. speed of light, Jody. You can't keep up. <laughs> And there's just color and vibrancy to all of these. And um, and then also I'll just, as we wrap up, give a shout out to like the geographic range. I mean, we got postcards from Indonesia. We got postcards from Australia. We got postcards from all over the U.S. and Canada and South America. So we are just kind of blown away um, at everyone taking on this challenge. So I know it's been a while since we last did this, but it's taken us a while to get these on the web. I am very impressed, I'll say, Kate, with the way that you found a way to just display these. And we felt it was really important to to highlight a few of our favorites and talk about them, but then more more so really give people a chance to see every single card. That we yeah, have. exactly. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, we, of course, at 538, we're people who often look at analytics. So we mm-hmm. we do look a lot at what our audience does on our site. And so we are probably um, more so than a lot of places that I've been. We definitely look to our audience for cues. But what was so cool about this project is getting such a personal, qualitative um, look into what our, our audiences are doing. And... Um, I have to say it was it was really really cool, um, and I, I personally was very jealous seeing all these amazingly beautiful yeah. postcards addressed to you, Jody. <laughs> and and look, we do this kind of work every day. We do data visualization here on the on the site, and um, I think we're probably drawing some inspiration from these too. So we really appreciate that. Okay, Kate Larue, thanks for all your help with this project. Uh, no, thank you, Jody. Thank you for initiating this. More importantly, thanks to everyone who participated. And we will say go right now to the site, 538.com slash Dear Data, and you will see all of these postcards. And now we're going to play that original conversation that we had about the Dear Data project with Georgia and Stephanie. So take a listen. Stephanie Posovic and Georgia Luffy are here. They did this year-long project, Dear Data, sending data-driven postcards to one another um, across the ocean. And Georgia lives in New York City, so she was able to come into the studio. Georgia, welcome to 538. Thank you so much for having me. And Stephanie, you are joining us uh, by Google Hangout. Uh, And where are you? I'm in London. Right. So. And that's where you've been for this project, right? Yes. Yes. So thank you for having me there remotely. <laughs> yeah. So this is a this has been a London to New York uh, year-long postcard exchange. Now, how often does this happen where you guys actually just talk to each other in non-postcard form? <laughs> this is such a big project in our lives right now that I think um, we see each other on video chat probably once a week. And we have a dedicated Slack account now. Oh, everyone has So Slack, we talk yeah. a lot. 
But actually, we started to talk more after the project finished uh, because the project led to like a book and other kind of collaborations. So I guess like during the year long of our postcards exchange, it was mainly postcards and uh, text to figure out the topic for next week. <laughs> right. But you didn't have like a rule of we only communicate through postcard for a year, did you? I mean. No. Um, Stephanie and I, we weren't friends before starting the year data. In fact, we only met twice before um, starting this year-long correspondence. And the idea was definitely to get to know each other through our data. Right. So what was the spark? Who came up with this idea? You said you weren't friends, but obviously you, you knew each other somehow. So how did yeah. it all start? We actually knew of each other's work because we both worked and work in the data visualization field. And we were also familiar with the fact that we both shared a very handcrafted approach to data visualization. In fact, uh, we both don't code and we work very manually with data. We sketch with data a lot. And um, while well, we met at this festival called IO in Minneapolis, which is an amazing and very um, vibrant art and design festival. And over drinks, uh, we decided that actually we uh, discovered that we also had personal similarities. I think all good projects start over a drink. Um, and so, yeah, we said, oh, we definitely need to collaborate. And so we both went back to our respective cities and then started emailing each other. And so it was an entire summer of emailing back and forth, figuring out, you know, what can we do? let's let's draw data but how can we do a collaborative drawing project if we live on two different continents and so that's why the idea of postcards came into play as a way of um making our distance our most important asset i guess but why postcards and not uh you know, PDFs to one another or um, something else that I would imagine two data professionals might decide as their medium. Yeah, I think that the physicality has really played an important role uh, in the Dear Data project. And it was very important to us that the weekly data was experienced in the physical format, because as I was saying, uh, one of the things that we really share is a very analog approach to data visualization. And so the hand drawing and the hand also, the handcrafting of a physical output was important to us because we realized that maybe um, by um, drawing data on physical outputs, uh, we were trying to add human nuances to the data world and maybe also be able to speak about data to people that are not necessarily into that. And it was also nice because we didn't send each other any digital scans of our postcard before. And so we were kind of like eagerly waiting, right? Really taking the pleasure exactly of (laughs) checking your mailbox over time. In a sec, we'll dive into some of the specifics. And I think we should just go through some of the weeks. There were obviously 52 of these week Mm -hmm. by week. But in general, can you just describe like what the postcards would look like? Did you have rules about kind of how you would craft each postcard and format it, if that's the right word? Yeah. I mean, that, we set up all these rules in advance before we began the project. But on the on one side of the postcard, the front um, is just the visualization or the da- data drawing. Um, and that, our intention with that is that it would hopefully look like a beautiful drawing, even if you didn't know there was data behind it. And then when you flip it over... Um, You'll have the address and the stamp, of course, but then also a legend. um, So that way people, well, Georgia could see how to read the data I sent her and vice versa. Um, I think what we really liked about the project is that you would um, look at the front of the postcard and then flip it to look at the legend and then flip it again to look at the front. And so we were kind of interested in this very back and forth action um, as part of it. So that was another thing we liked about it as well. 
And so when you would get one, would you kind of first engage with it as just beautiful art for a second? Or were you like eagerly flipping it over and saying, okay, I got to know what what's going on here? <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I think I, I was personally um, eagerly flipping it. But sometimes like over over the course of the year, I was also like when I got the postcard, saving it and saving my reading of the postcard for a moment when I really had time. So sometimes I would just like glance at the back and then say, okay, let's wait for, I don't know, <laughs> getting upstairs, um, you know, pouring me a coffee and take some time to read the data. And that's also important to us like we we're both spending time with our data for crafting the postcards and spending time reading the mm -hmm. each other data and that was kind of like our time of spend you know our way of spending time together but in general as someone who does this for a living as in addition to this project do you feel like all data viz should also be beautiful on its own right or is it like <laughs> only matter when it's telling a specific story i think that beauty is a very important entry point for any kind of readers to get interested about the visualization and maybe to be willing to explore more so i believe that uh I always say that beauty cannot replace functionality for sure, but like beauty and functionality together achieve incredibly greater results. So I think that beauty is an asset. Let's, let's jump to week 42, which was a week of laughter. And so I guess you pick the topics pretty generally, right? And each of you interpret within that exactly what that means. I'm going to collect data around a week of laughter. So I don't know, Georgia, how did you in this week say, what was your definition of laughter. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it, it was definitely interesting to uh, see also each other response to the data collection. We didn't really set up any rules for how to gather the data. We will um, decide a topic like laughters and each of us would go about finding her questions on the data. So for me, that was a particular week because I was in Italy visiting uh, my family and also the office of my company in Italy. And so it was a great topic to really record in form of nice memories the um, funny time that I had with my friends or with my designers in the office and with my family. So what I was interested in collecting was uh, what I was laughing about. And so what was the topic that, you know, generate the laughters, but also who were the other people around me laughing about? And so um, and, and also um, who triggered the laughter? And so was it like something that happened or was it something that a person said? And I kind of crafted my postcards around this idea of a network of laughter. And so the idea that a laughter connects two people. And so I really crafted a um, hand-drawn network of um, the topics and the people that made me laugh and that I um, was laughing with. So I'm looking at your postcard now and on the front, I mean, if I, you know, if I just saw this as a painting, I would say this is, you know, these are like petals of a dandelion <laughs> or something, right? But this is actually connected, networked laughter and each color represents... A different person who who laughed and was connecting to each other. I well, yeah, each each element is a person, and so you can see depicted my boyfriend, my mom, my grandmother, um, my grandfather, um, and also my um, people in the studio. And actually, the petals that you described to me sound seems more like 
something that is going to get big. And so I don't know, I just like wanted to oh. give this idea of something that gets big as a laughter. And all of the, um, all of the dashed line represent exactly who was provoking um, a laughter to whom. So Stephanie, do you remember how you decided to tackle this or what kind of challenge it presented? Um, well, this is an interesting week for me. It was also a special week for me in that um, it was the week of my birthday. So, And I was also going out a lot because it was in summer and we were all drinking outside of pubs. And so I, I found this week to be a real challenge. It was like the first week where you know, every time you laugh, you're, you know, your friends say, oh, you've got to laugh, you've got to, like, you laugh, you have to mark this down for your, for your postcards. And so I found that this is the first week where um, the data tracking began to get in the way of me engaging with my friends. And so I had to actually ban me tracking laughter on the um, night of my birthday drinks and well my husband banned me but uh, it wouldn't have been wise to be tracking all of my laughter at my birthday dinner in a posh restaurant so I think it was like for me this is a week where I realized that while we really enjoyed this project because you know gathering data in our lives helps us be more aware and and really notice things in our life we wouldn't notice otherwise. That there's, it's a balance, and in some things maybe shouldn't be tracked because they do actually detract from your um, living and experience. And I feel like maybe laughter is, is one of those things that should just be left as an unknown. But. Well, the other option is to just have very droll and boring friends, right? And just <laughs> yeah. surround yeah. yourself with seriousness. Yeah. Right? Have very boring <laughs> friends who, like, who don't care about your project. It's because all of our friends care about us doing it properly that they, they all. So they would nudge you. They'd be like, Oh, you just laughed. Like you got to pull out your notebook and do it. But talk a little bit more about, because I think that that is really the sort of through line for this entire project is uh, this notion of attentiveness, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that doing this really made you aware of what, of what you were tracking that week. But then I imagine just in general that bled to the other parts of your life. So, on balance, like you were just saying, was that a good thing? Did this help you be, be more aware or do you kind of not want to live a quantified life like this? It was very intense and intensive and uh, sometimes nerve wracking for sure. But I personally think that it made me realize um, very vividly how I normally live in the future or in the past and not in the present. I'm not a person that can really do meditation, but there's acknowledging the moments when they happen and acknowledging by having to track them and to add attributes of what else was going on in that moment really helped me being focused on the now as I have never been able to do before. And also, it made me very aware of my surroundings of my city and how I live my city, because like by tracking daily patterns over um, different topics, I really realized, um, like, not only if I were more in Manhattan or more in Brooklyn, but also how I interact with my surroundings. For example, um, like in a week of um, urban animals, when we had to track and to report all of the animals that um, I've been seeing, that we've been seeing, I realized there are so many animals in, in New York, and <laughs> I didn't know that. So Every once in a while, like a coyote wanders into yeah. <laughs> Central Park. But there is a range of the kinds of things that you were tracking, mm-hmm. right? So there was sort of physical things like 
animals or uh, clocks or, you know, and then there were sounds, but then there were emotions like, yeah. uh, you know, my rela- relationship with your boyfriend or husband, um, indecision. So were some of those kind of more emotional ones more satisfying or trickier? Were the physical ones? I mean, could you can you kind of start to say this is the kind of data that I want to keep tracking and this is the kind mm-hmm. of data that I'd rather leave as a little more mysterious? I mean, I would say that I think some of the most challenging weeks for me at least, were um, weeks where we were tracking things about ourselves that might not necessarily have been something we wanted to know. Like we had a a week of tracking every time we felt envious and then also a week of tracking negative thoughts. And that was actually, uh, it it was really challenging because, you know, you really forced yourself to look at, yeah, look at a part of you didn't want to see. And so I think emotionally, I think, those were difficult weeks, but it, I think it does make you um, realize not only living in the present and being aware of things around you, but it's also about where you're choosing to put your focus. So like when you're focusing on uh, gathering data that is negative, like it, it does make you feel bad or, or not the best. But then when we were tracking data on positive thoughts or animals or things that we really enjoy, then that actually put us in a better mood. So in week three, you did a week of thank yous, right, where you tried to quantify every thank you. So, Georgia, how did you – was this a week of every time you said thank you to someone, every time someone said thank you to you? Um, Well, I generally um, over-detail not only my data drawing but also my data collection. And so I both recorded who I was saying thank you to and who uh, was saying thank you to me. And I sort of then um, composed this visualization when I contrasted, like compared the thank you that I say to the thank you that the same kind of person said to me. It was mm-hmm. very laborious because I also added a lot of attributes about like what language was I saying thank you uh, to because I'm Italian and I still interact in Italian with some of my pals. And yeah, I'm looking at the yeah. I'm looking at the legend here and you have, you know, was it a real life thank you, a digital yeah. thank you, a over the phone? Did they really mean thank you when they said thank you? Exactly. Uh, and all of this is contained in I, I am out of words to describe exactly what kind of chart I'm looking at here, but it's contained in a very detailed kind of dot and line chart. Yeah, but I mean, I had fun uh, looking at the patterns in my data, especially for this week, because I really realized only when I visualized the data and actually a little bit also when I was tracking them, but more vividly when I, um, you know, visualize it, how many things I say, how many things I say to stranger. I really thank a lot all of the waiters that I happen to interact with. I don't know why, but I realized that I say, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. A lot. You're a nice person. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I realized that I don't really thank so much my friends and family, which is very shameful. And when you have it all visualized, it really, you know, it, it jumps at you. And Stephanie, you're uh, at, at the end of this, you came up with, again, I'm going to try my best at 
what these look like st- like stalactites to me or stalagmites? Uh, yeah, which are the ones that hang down? But it's a bunch of downward pointing triangles that sort of overlap with each other and are shaded in different ways. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I don't know if like if anyone who's ever looking at the postcards will realize that Georgia is definitely more detailed in her data tracking than me. <laughs> I'm obsessive. Uh, it's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I she would always send me these postcards, and I'd be like, "There's there's just no way I'd be able to s- sustain that on my end." Um, but I think like that week of thank yous for me, it was a funny one for me because I was traveling. So I was traveling to Finland um, for to speak at a conference in Helsinki. And I was kind of on my own a lot. And so I didn't really say thank you to very many people. And there, like sometimes I did say thank you in Finnish. But generally, I wasn't even saying it very much because I didn't even know how to say thank you very well in Finnish. So I think what's interesting about like, every single week is that weirdly like they still really stick in my memory even though they were over a year ago i'm I'm just noticing this here i mean i know you guys are are working on a book and you're sort of this is your project but gosh i i don't feel like i would be able to remember you know week 13 of the last year but this is really making you kind of plant a flag yeah that was really important to us i mean i really still am able and i mean the project started in september 1st 2014 and it ended in september 1st 2015 but that year is so vivid in my memory and it's really paced by the time that you know the time span of the week that it's so much a source of nice memories we are really able to remember a lot of like things that happened and the postcards are actually really entry point to all of our life for that week yeah it's a journal it's a data diary so we've talked a little bit i guess we've been mostly talking about kind of what this project has done to each of you respectively as you've done it but like obviously at the heart of this was about your relationship to each other right Mm -hmm. and learning about each other so i mean what did you learn about stephanie georgia in over the course of this that you feel like maybe you wouldn't have had you just been i don't know pen pals or just chatted on the phone or yeah um it's it's a very interesting question uh let me start a bit from far away i believe that uh there's a close relationship between our activities and so the very mundane and daily and ordinary things that we do and our personalities and so our identities so imagining that for a year we've been sharing um the, with the other person, so many aspects of our days with no blind spots. So like really covering actually 52 topics, like our activities in this, but also our thought, our routines, our belongings also. Um, so what I'm saying is I've been watching Stephanie's days, routines, habits, <laughs> desires, complaints for a year. And the very difference between um, getting to know her through her data as opposed as um, through conversation or regular correspondence is on the one hand, this um, very assiduous pace of communication. And so this is very intense. So we track many, many times a day. But also, uh, and we also sometimes touch on that, the fact that we shared also our flaws our, you know, jiki habits in form of data, so in form of number, helped us not being afraid to share that aspect to the other person. And so we were very honest in a way that probably we wouldn't have been just in like random conversations in cafes. Were there any topics or uh, data sets of data that you considered doing and then said, no, that's too Hmm. personal? I... I don't think we, I don't think we did, um, did have any. I think the only time we really touched upon it was, uh, like near the end of the project where we had a week of, uh, 
data privacy, privacy. I live in, I live in the UK. Now you now. live in I, London. I use yeah. both terms. <laughs> but I think that was the one where I remember I was noting down everything I couldn't say to Georgia, like all the things that happened in the week that I wouldn't want anyone to know, or maybe only my husband I'd want him to know, or, you know, like the things. But I- you're describing like an actual diary, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what yeah. most people would, when you say diary, that's what, what it's for, right? It's for yourself not to put on a postcard and send to someone exactly. else. I mean, but even then, like weirdly, you know, when I drew my postcard for this week, I made this design where there's all these black, there's all these colored bits that are obscured by big black inky circles to like show how they're kind of being hidden. So mm-hmm. I deliberately, I, I was very general with the type of data I was collecting. So I, I like intentionally obscured this private data and sent it. But still just by sen- like tracking such intimate, very, very personal data. And even though obscured sending it to Georgia was like still quite a kind of emotionally uh, charged thing to do. I really feel like we've pushed the limit of what we would be willing to share with each other. And it has like made a difference in our relationship now. I mean, we definitely talk a lot more. And and while we've been working on the book, we we gossip in ways, gossip and, and really talk about personal stuff that I actually don't talk about with some of my friends in London. So, I mean, that's very important to me. Uh, let's go to week 16, which was uh, a week of wardrobe where um, the thing that strikes me about this week is that both of you did this and sent each other your postcards and your visualizations actually look pretty similar to to me, at least. Right, yes. Both of you went with, yeah. with like heavily colored vertical lines, uh, very dense. Um, Stephanie's yours definitely a little more dense. But what was your reaction <laughs> when you were like, oh, was this the first time when you when you kind of both hit on the same look for your visualization? It's funny because there has been a lot of time where all times where we were um, in a way experimenting with the same uh, technique or visual style. For example, we started on um, the first three weeks. If you look at the first three weeks are practically all black and white. And like at week four, for some reasons, <laughs> we both used colors. <laughs> And then, like at weeks, uh, at week 20, we started to experiment with collage just because Stephanie, um, um, threw this idea and said, Oh, but we can also experiment with other material. And okay, like the week after we experimented with collage, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely similar. Um, and also this week 16 is interesting because it's when we realize that we can also communicate things about ourselves through data beyond the daily tracking. And so making a survey of what we own. And that's also one thing that going back to your point about how, um, like what we know about each other now, like I don't know what's in the closets or in the beauty products of most of my friends. <laughs> well, now I know what's in, um, Stephanie's closet. We were talking earlier about, um, what is it like when we receive the postcards? And, um, you know, one part of it is seeing, you know, we've each approached it from a very particular way. And then when you see the other person's response and you're like, oh, wow, I never would have actually thought of that Mm -hmm. or, oh, that's very similar to what I've done. So I think like that sort of discovery 
is was another part of the project. So on that front, and as sort of DataViz professionals, you know, I, I happen, my desk happens to be near the DataViz team here at mm -hmm. 538. So every once in a while, I kind of overhear these conversations that they're having about, okay, we have this data set, a writer wants to visualize something in some way, what's the best method to to do that you know is it a scatter plot or a histogram yeah. or a bar chart? and i'm basically rattling off terms that i've heard and don't <laughs> really know what they mean yeah. but how do you do that both as a professional i guess through the lens of this project but just what, what's your philosophy about kind of what kind of visualization works best for a particular kind of data well i think that it begins by um understanding what is in the data and what is the main story that you want to tell because um data have can have many attributes and so for example for a specific data you might want to tell a chronological story and so really depict your data through time and that is the visual model that you should go for in the first place. While if you would do a scatter plot, as you said, it's because you wanted to contrast two different variables and so really look at your data by the comparison of those two and variables. I should say for listeners, you're making an X and Y axis <laughs> yeah. with your fingers right exactly. now, which is a very data, <laughs> it's a very data, data thing, journalist thing to do. Or uh, if you're interested in the relationship between some entry points, you would make a network. So I guess it really the layout of the visualization or you can call it the architecture of the visualization or the visual model should just follow the main um, the main point of your story of the story that you found in the data. So let's do one last week, which was week thirty six, which I found totally fascinating. Which I guess was one of these kind of uh, more emotional, maybe a little more emotionally tricky weeks, which is a week of indecision. So Georgia, what was this? week like for you? Yeah, well, it was a very, very particular week for me. Um, as we were saying at the beginning, uh, Stephanie and I, we're both expats, and so we live far away from our family, and my family is in Italy. And actually, that week, my grandfather passed away, and um, he has been healed for a lot, for a long time. But that week, his conditions went downhill, and I seriously considered to buy a last-minute flight to, you know, to pay him a last visit. And I was really undecided about it for the whole week week because of course your life is going on here and you have multiple stuff that you need to do and in the end I didn't and he passed away so uh, well I find really this week being the most intrusive because the most intrusive one since when we started Dear Data because I was dealing with my life hesitancies and I had to focus on them very badly since I needed to record them. But now, um, at the same time, I really see my postcards on a positive note, like a, a sort of homage to homage to his memory and also to my particular struggling in dealing with our distance and our missed goodbye. But do you think that the fact that you were tracking de in de decision indecision that particular week mm -hmm. actually changed your decision? There's, what is it? The like the Heisenberg principle that like by observing something you ch you it, you know you end up changing it. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that it it really all overwhelmed me. I think it confused me. So that was really one week that I. Uh, in, in that moment, I didn't consider it as a positive way that I was tracking as a positive thing that I was tracking in the season. I think I got confused by myself. Um, so we have to start to, to wrap up. But one just kind of larger question, which is, I, I've been following your website and 
other people are getting in the mix, right? People have been inspired by this. People have have started to, I guess, correspond with each other as well in this kind of way. And you've been hearing from people over the course of the year. So, so short of taking on a project like this and doing a postcard every week, kind of what other lessons are there for just quote unquote regular people who could potentially do something like this or, or take some of the lessons from a project like this and incorporate it into their life and their relationships? I think the lessons that quote, normal people could take from this is just really that um, data can be found in every part of your life from uh, things that seem almost intimidating or unapproachable, like if people are talking about big data or, or you know, data leaks or what have you, to just actually just, yeah, how much you laugh. And I think um, what we're really trying to do with this project is to show that this is something this is something that is part of everyone's life. And so it is approachable. It is a part of being kind of part of being human and, and just show you that it is quite easy to start thinking about the world around you through collecting and gathering quite simple parts of your life. And, you know, even if you just collect the most mundane domestic things, you can gain small insights about the world around you. Yeah. And also, um, just to add up on that, I think that in this moment when everybody has like self-tracking apps and the data, the amount of data that this kind of app can collect about you are really, really proliferating. Um, we wanted to show that it's only by spending time with your data, it's only by adding very active contextual details to your log that you make them personal and that you can get meaning out of that. So I guess I'm saying that we shouldn't really expect an app to tell us something about ourselves uh, without any at the active effort and really without engaging in sense making out of that. Thank you so much for joining us, Georgia and Stephanie. This was like a really inspiring project and I just, um, you know, I'm kind of in awe. So thank you. Thank, thank you. It was you. really, really a pleasure. Thank you.